Welcome to Carved to Beautify, a podcast designed to encourage and inspire young women to seek a deeper relationship with God and discover His purpose for your life. I'm your host, Alyssa Tangway, and I'm so excited for you all to hear the story and wisdom that my friend Emma is going to share on this episode. God has clearly been working in her life, and her story inspires my faith and determination to be a courageous woman of God. Emma, thank you so much for being here and for being on this episode of the podcast. I'm so excited um, to hear everything that you have to share today and your story. And I know that our listeners are going to be blessed and inspired. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. Um, what, it took me by surprise when I got your message and the timing of it all was nothing other than God's sense of humor. So. So my first question, uh, we usually do a few just like get to know you questions. And so my first one is, where are you from and what do you do in life? So I was born and raised in Maryland. Um, I moved to Pennsylvania about almost two years ago, um, like 10 minutes from where I used to live in Maryland. Um, And right now I am a registered nurse. Um, at a local hospital. And what floor do you usually work on? So my special, my floor specializes in renal oncology and palliative care. Um, mm-hmm. I work night shift, uh, and I've been doing that for about a year now. Night shift? I don't know. Like I don't think I could do night shift. Like is it is it hard to like re you know flip your schedule like? <laughs> I've been doing night shift before I was a nurse. I was doing it while I was going to nursing school. Um, so it's kind of a normal for me. I um, I had to orient for a few days on day shift when I first started. And there was no way I could. <laughs> there's no way I could do daylight hours. I don't do well first thing in the morning. It takes me forever to actually like wake up and there's just too many people and and night shift is not necessarily quieter but it's just a completely different ball game than day shift is and it's better for me to work night shift so there I am (laughs) well you know I'm glad there are people that like to do both you know or like like to do night shift versus like to do day shift so that's good (laughs) Absolutely. No, there's no way you could get me to do day shift, especially not right now. <laughs> so my second question is, what is your favorite hobby? Ever since I was a kid, I wanted, I would kill to be, have like my nose in a book all the time. Um, so that's still, now that I graduated and I can like start living a life again, uh, <laughs> I started back up and I'm not quite to the reading habits I was back when I was a kid, but that's still the place that makes me happy. I would love nothing more to spend all day with my nose in a book. So that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I feel like reading is really fun because um, it's kind of like a recharging activity, you know, unless it's for school, that's definitely not. 
but like if it's, if it's just fun reading for yourself you know it's just kind of some nice like me time and yeah I I don't I don't get inside my head when I'm reading I'm in somebody else's head in somebody else's world and I can fully immerse myself into that and I find myself getting caught up in the emotions and especially if I'm home alone I react out loud and um I fully get into it and I always have and I'm glad that I can start doing that again I have started doing that again so that's that's the big thing that's 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 the consistent hobby in my life for my entire life that's that's so cool like it's so special to have something that you can be like yeah this has been with me you know like forever so that's really neat so my third question is kind of our transition question um into our topic for today but I want to know um do you think it is possible to be both courageous and scared at the same time and if you think so then why I do I think it is I think anything is possible but um I think in that definition, courage is what keeps us going. It doesn't let us just sit there in a puddle of fear and like contemplating the what is. It keeps us putting that one step in front of the other. That no, like you are still feeling this fear, this fear and the all your other valid feelings. But you're still choosing to go on with life. You're still choosing to take that next step forward, no matter how terrifying it might actually be. Hmm. So So I know that you've had some pretty terrifying experiences in your life. And I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your journey um, as a person who was diagnosed with cancer and as you went through that and, and, um, overcame that and just can you tell us a little bit about your story so long story short um I was four and a half it was February of 2000 um when I was diagnosed with diagnosed with a tumor it was a stage four in my neck um it was a very rapidly growing tumor um that was growing in and back so it was basically starting to push my airway and esophagus to the side, and it was pushing up against my spinal cord. Um, like I said, long story short, um, it was 43 weeks of chemo, seven weeks of radiation, um, and a whole bunch of other tests and transfusions and hospital visits and blood work done, all that wonderful stuff. Um, that in December of 2000, I was, um, declared cancer-free. Um, so, um, I honestly, like, I don't know, it could be part of my body, like, repress those memories. I don't remember much. Um, it could be my age. Any, there's a number of factors that might be why I don't remember much. Um. But, I mean, I want to hear the stories. My mom kept a very detailed journal. I know she did because I'm, I'm sitting right beside it. I just haven't read it yet. Um, of what I was going through and what 
how everything happened and my mom and her mom were it was either one of them was usually with me at all times um my family helped out by taking care of the house by watching my younger brother all the time um he was a champ because he got shuffled around a lot because i would spike a fever or something like that, and I would have to go back to Johns Hopkins, which is at least an hour and a half away. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, my dad was working, so there was my brother who got shuffled around to various family members, and um, so it's uh, it was a lot. Um, nobody expects to hear that cancer especially when a little four and a half year old. Um, so mm. I can't imagine like the, how that bombshell felt for my parents. Um, so went through that. Um, I know I, for me, this is my normal. Um, I don't remember life before cancer. All I remember is life after and how even today, um, I am still experiencing the after effects. Um, there's physical things like my voice. Um, I probably could be a few inches taller than I am now. Um, and there's some internal stuff like, um, like I have dental problems related to this. Um, I have a higher risk of getting cancer again later in life and other stuff like that. So it's it's the only reality that I remember. Um, mm. And it's just, it's my reality. I mean, I don't, yeah, some days I think, well, what would it be like to be normal? And everybody says normal is overrated, but there's <laughs> a the normal ones. They don't understand what it's like not to be normal and be the odd one right. out. I, I was the odd one out my entire life. Um, like, how did that affect like school? Like, did you go to school after that? Were you homeschooled? Like, how did how did all this affect um, your school and like your social life? So from the beginning, I think my mom had always always planned to homeschool my brother and I, um, which it worked out well. Because I had so many doctor's appointments, I would have missed a lot of school. Um, so I was homeschooled up until the eighth grade, which is when I went to Mount Etna, um, the local private school for my church. Um, a few years before that, we had started in um, a local co-op for other homeschooling families, which um, I believe helped me transition from being like, I think my school work done in two hours, and the rest of the day was mine. I only had my <laughs> brother. I only had my brother for a classmate. Um, I could go like I could do school my PJs every single day if I wanted to. Um, Isn't it great? <laughs> right? Um, I could have. I would have been very contented to be homeschooled the whole way through. Just it's my person. Like, let me. It's my personality. Um. My brother got all the social um, genes. I did not. Um, <laughs> so 
Yeah, being homeschooled during those first five to ten years after um, was a blessing. It helped. Um, it didn't help my social life, but I really wasn't that social. Um, I'm very close with my family on both sides, and they all knew everything, like, Playing football in the backyard with my cousins, I was always two-hand touch. Um, everybody else could be casual, but I was two-hand touch. Um, so there were always, like, modifications for me that was my normal. Like, not normal for everybody else, but it was my normal. So, um, I mean, and oh, the one thing I always had every summer um, starting in 2002, was Camp Sunrise. Um, camp is put on, well, now it's put on by Johns Hopkins and your pediatric oncology unit. Um, it's a bit of a soapbox, so hold on for a second. <laughs> um, camp, camp, um, is a, it's free. It's for your pediatric oncology patients. We have patients we have campers who are there um, who are have been in remission or cancer-free for more than they've been alive. And we've had kids there who've gotten active, who have gotten chemo treatments while they're at camp. Um, mm-hmm. We have medical staff there 24-7 from Hopkins, just in case. Um, but it's a safe environment where for both the kids and the parents who can just let their kids be normal for a week. Um, Mm. And for me, it was huge because for for that one week every year, I wasn't the odd one out. Um, We would make, as younger kids, we would make fun of the counselors who didn't have cancer because they were the weird ones at camp. Everybody else has had cancer. Why didn't you have cancer? What are you doing here? You know? <laughs> but it was therapeutic. And it was, like I said, it was the one place where I was not the odd one out. Um, and I would skip family vacations for it. I didn't go to a Pathfinder campery one year because it conflicted with camp, and I was going to camp. (laughs) Camp has been a part of my life since 2002. What kinds of activities do they do in camp? Like you said, it's the whole family is there? No, it's just the kids. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, it's just us kids. Um, And they do everything in a normal summer camp. They kids can go swimming which some of them at home can't because of whatever access lines they might have that requires a certain style of dressing to cover it that they can't have at home. So kids who normally can't swim can actually go and swim for a week. Um, Mm -hmm. We have archery, rock wall, arts and crafts. We have a newsletter. Um, Like our big thing is tie-dye for camp. Um, I've made a tie-dye shirt every year I'm there, even though I don't really need any more. But it's, <laughs> I 
And see, I think I'm making a tie-dye shirt at summer camp. Um, and then we have some things that are, like, specific to camp. Um, there's an activity one evening that we do that we take time to remember the kids who haven't come back, who either didn't make it the first time or had their cancer come back and didn't make it the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take time to honor them and it's it's fine because you're in the middle of an August heat and we're all bawling our eyes out and nobody looks pretty and nobody cares because it's camp. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a family there. Like we are it's very much a bond that we have that I have like none other with anything else. Um, wow. It, it's camp. Like anybody, like my family understands like, when I talk about camp, it, it's camp. Like, it's a loaded sentence, but it, it's camp. I don't know how else to explain it. So, do you still go as a camper or do you work there now? Or So it's volunteer. Um, and when I turned 17, I started training to be a counselor. Um, and I've been a counselor ever since. Um, typically, I'm with the like 13 and 14-year-old girls. Um, and they, they keep me busy, but um, it's good. It's, I love my girls to death. Um, yeah, so I... Everybody thinks I should be in management by now, but there's no way. I like my campers. <laughs> People thought that I would come and be a nurse at camp. I'm like, no, that's my day job. Camp, camp, is, camp is a vacation in a ways mm-hmm. for me. So, yeah. That is so neat. Now, did your decision to be a nurse um, have anything to do with, like, the whole cancer experience or was that just something in your family or you decided you like that or so growing up I always heard like people were always telling you you would be such a great nurse you have <laughs> experience you would be like so compassionate you would be a wonderful nurse and I'm basically told them no there is no <laughs> way I am ever gonna be a nurse um, my backup, well, my plan as a kid was to be a vet because my grandparents had a dairy farm. I loved being involved at the farm. Um, you can see the farm from our house, so every time I would see the vet truck down there, um, I would try to get an excuse to go down and watch them do surgery or help with her checks or anything like that. Um but I think at some point in high school, I found myself gravitating towards the emergencies. Like, instead of, like, running away to get help, I was running towards it to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of was, like, the reluctant, okay, I guess this is what it's supposed to be. I'm going to eat some crow for this, but oh, well, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is natural to me. Fine. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how it came about. It just felt right. 
everything, everything in nursing school, even though it took me six years to get my bachelor's, everything in nursing school pointed to that's what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. So it was, initially it was not by choice, but here I am, I love my job, um, I love do I like working with being able to work with my hands and at the same time help people get better, help them improve in their life when they're at a low spot in life. Hmm. That's so amazing because I feel like you're just like you embody courage because obviously it took courage for you and your family um, to go through the cancer treatments and, you know, to get used to a new normal. Um, it takes courage for you every day at work, you know, with all the different things that come up. And I know nurses deal with a lot and have to make a lot of quick decisions. And, you know, it takes courage to do that. And I'd even like to say that it, it probably takes courage to be at camp and just to be with those girls and, and share your story and, you know, be a light for them. And like, that's not always easy. So I just, it's amazing. Like, I don't know, you're, you're a huge inspiration, Emma. <laughs> Oh, and I think one thing that I've always appreciated is that you're always so happy. Like you, you always <laughs> just seem happy. Like, I mean, I'm sure you have days where you're like less happy, but I mean, um, when I've seen you, <laughs> like you're always just bubbly and smiling and like, you know, super kind and fun to be around. And I just, I think that's really special. Uh, for, well, like we all have our bad days. Like just the other week, I was having a really bad day at work. Um, there's just a very complicated set of patients, and it, it was it wasn't pretty. Um, <laughs> so, so I am not bubbly all the time. Trust me. Um, but I think if one thing, like I, all this has taught me, is that life isn't guaranteed. Um, mm. life isn't. It isn't neat. It isn't wrapped up in a pretty little bow. Um, it's not, it's unpredictable. And there is one constant in life and it is God. And there's no other way. I can't be shy about it because it's looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back, there's no way I would be where I'm at now if it hadn't been for him. Mm. Um, I was looking through my Bible in anticipation for this. Um, and I came across one of the verses I have highlighted. It's 1 Corinthians 15, um, verse 10. The first part says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And that it is God's grace that I'm here, that I survived nursing school. I survived something that should have killed me. Um, and I've made it this far in life by his grace. Because that's, that's the only thing that makes sense, even though it doesn't really make sense. Well, my last question for you um this obviously this episode has been focusing on courage 
because I believe that women of God are called to have courage. And so I'm just wondering if you have any tips that you would want to share. Um, any tips that you would want to share with a young lady who is maybe going through a rough time, maybe it's health related or family or friends, and she just needs some tips for how to be courageous. Is there anything that you could um, speak to that? I mean, honestly, especially, is I don't remember much through um, the whole cancer thing. Um, but going through nursing school was rough. Um, and just the whole talk to somebody. I know, I mean, prayer is always good. And it feels, but there are days when it feels like you've got nothing, like you're getting nothing back. You're getting. <laughs> God, you know he's there, but it's, you're not getting anything back from him. You might feel all alone. Having somebody to talk to is huge. It's been a huge help for me. Um, I have my best friend that I talk to about certain things. Um, two of my aunts have been really supportive in my life here the past few years. Um and I've seen a therapist. I I know it's still a very taboo subject, even though it's getting better. But um, so like having a therapist, having that third party, objective, outside opinion, can bring to light stuff that um, you it, it's somebody who thinks outside the box, somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. think like your family, who doesn't think like you. They might help with your perspective. That's the word. Perspective. That's a good word. Um, and just to help talk through it. And um, like I said prayer is technically the, the correct answer, but there is there's more to it than that. Um, I know I come from a very supportive family and supportive church family. Um, my best friend is super supportive. Oh, and that I believe has made a world of difference. I don't think I would be where I am today without them just because of everything that has gone through has happened in my life. Um, my family was supportive from the beginning with the whole cancer and helping my parents out. Um, my best friend knows when just to listen, and she also knows when to, like, shake me out of my downward spiral and bring me back up to the surface. Um, and I know even when I can't get a hold of any of them, I know God's there. Mm. So he's he is the constant in my life, and... Without him, I wouldn't even have made it through. I wouldn't be alive today without him. Let alone be a nurse, survive nursing school, looking up today, anything. I know it sounds silly, but that's that's the only thing that I can say because that's my reality. That's I have evidence of that in my life. So, yeah, that's. It's not easy at all, but like I said, that, like I said at the start, it's that one step at a time that keeps you moving. That's courage. 
Wow. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just sitting here like soaking it all in. Just like, it's, it's so amazing. I'm, I'm just, I'm so proud of you and I'm so thankful that you were willing to share and just, um, talk about, talk about courage, talk about your life and, and share some practical tips. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's my honor. to follow Carved to Beautify on Instagram, subscribe on Spotify, and share our podcast with your friends. Until next time, may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Blessings as you beautify the world.